there's this whole discovery process as you go through the very opening words of the Bible to describe who God is and then what he has made. And that sets the foundation for everything about the rest of the scriptures. Welcome back to the Roots and Branches podcast with New Life Evangelical Free Church. My name is Paul Arneberg, the host with Pastor Brent Compelin. And now that we have the introduction, which if you didn't hear, it is in our website. It's about 15 minutes long. And uh, each podcast episode will be less than 30 minutes. So once you start listening, know the commitment you're getting into. It's not a long-form interview. We'd love you to uh, hear all of these and maybe hear them more than once as you pray about your role, especially if you're part already of New Life Evangelical Free Church here in Hastings, Minnesota. So Pastor Brent, we're going to start with uh, the first uh, formal podcast here that's not introductory on biblical foundations. Why are we starting with a theological premise when the whole idea of the campaign is to learn by doing. Why is theology and biblical foundations so important? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are going to start with biblical foundations because we want to uh, we want to be aware and deeply uh, connected into uh, and listening to what God has revealed about who he is and who we are and then what we are called to as the as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so um, starting with biblical foundation is imperative because God's word will not return void. Mm-hmm. We can trust wholeheartedly in what God has described about who he is and what he wants us to, to be and do. Um, and it gives us a launching point to understand what we say when we, what we mean when we say discipleship, what we mean when we say um, God being creator, when we talk about creation, when we talk about what it means to bear God's image, what it means to, to do the myriad of things that we're going to describe um, when it comes to uh, our vision. And so uh, that's why we're going to start with biblical foundations. Excellent. And yeah, the reason I ask is because sometimes people, I would say even in Christendom, even in churches, they might tend to think, oh, I am not a theologian or I don't understand the big concepts. We want to encourage you listeners that this is a way to set the tone that is biblical centered, but we are going to get to nitty gritty. I, I believe the Christian life is both mind and heart. It's both body and soul, and but we need to have the worldview of the centeredness of Christ and his creation as we talk about anything to do with our campaign. In fact, in fact, I think of the when Moses uh, was going in the desert, he said, Lord, show me your glory. How can I go on unless you're with me? Yeah. Well, we're going to flesh that out right now. Yeah. We're going to go forward with this ministry campaign with the Lord as our shining light and our Alpha and Omega. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, I think the best place to start is right at the beginning, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. A very good place so, to start, so said Maria. Uh, yep. music. <laughs> so we are going to uh, talk about Genesis chapter 1 and our first biblical foundation, and this is the topic for our first full podcast here, is to talk about creation, to talk about uh, what is the 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 world that we that God has made and that we are in, and let that start with um, helping us to understand who God is and then who we are um, as we live in this world that he made. And so it, this is a foundation-setting uh, podcast because I think that one of the things we're going to discover as we go along is how um, the world that we're living in has sort of removed uh, the idea of God from the equation in so many ways. That's and a how. big statement, <laughs> yes. right? But by talking about the fact that we live in a creation, yes. it means that there's a creator. And yes. we need to know that creator. And then we need to figure out, okay, um, 
does the creator's design make a bearing on how I live? Well, of course. And so there's this whole discovery process as you go through the very opening words of the Bible to describe who God is and then what he has made. And that sets the foundation for everything about the rest of the scriptures. So Genesis chapter one, here's the first thing that's going to be fun to to point out about it, especially if you're listening and you want to open your Bible and, and follow along. This first opening sentence of Genesis chapter one, says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So right at the outset, we see God preexistent before all things. And the word that's used, the verb there, create, is a word that is only ever used in the Bible for God, uh, an activity that God does. So this word in Hebrew, barah, is only ever used of an activity of God himself and never of any human being. And it's, it's so significant because the biblical writers, this isn't an accident that, that this word is attributed to God's work because uh, God was existing before all things and then he made everything out of nothing. The entire material world he created and fashioned out of nothing. And it's just wonderful Creation and beautiful. Ex nihilo, yes. out of nothing. Yes. So firstly, the first thing you observe is uh, God standing over, above, and powerful uh, over the material world. So that's where we begin. Now, as you go through, and we're not going to be able to have time to go through the whole chapter one of Genesis in, in detail, in every detail, but I want to just point out a few things, Paul, um, about what we can observe about God's created uh, world. And one of them as you look at Genesis 1, is that it's ordered or that there's design. Mm-hmm. And that's even in the flow of how the verses go. Yes. So you you know, you know, can just tell me, when you read Genesis chapter 1, what do you notice about the flow of that chapter and how the words are, are sort of organized? Well, one thing I noticed is that there was evening and there was morning the first day. Yeah. And so there was a, a systematic plan the Lord had about how to create, yep. when to create. He even created time. Which yep. is amazing, yep. and then uh, and then the order of creation is also amazing. In fact, I could yep. get into some of that. I won't right now, but <laughs> the idea that it's interesting—the sun was created the day after the plants, so that kind of thwarts the idea that we had photosynthesis for billions of years before that. But anyway, uh, I, I love that it's very intentional. And then the crown of his creation on day six was humans. Yes, it's so beautiful. And what what you see in the story of creation in Genesis 1 is what's called merism. It's a specific word that describes how things are explained in pairs. Mm. So you have uh, uh, the light and dark, and you have the the various creatures. Um, you've got the sun and moon. As you go through the whole passage, mm-hmm. everything is described in complementary sets. And it's just beautiful. It's, it's basically poetry. But what's so cool about it is Genesis 1 describes order and purpose and design. And it's it's so different from any other ancient um, account of the beginnings of the world. You can go to like, we're not going to talk about it in detail here, but you can go to the, in, in any sort of ancient culture around the same time as the Israelites. And there's all these creation stories about how things came to be. All of them come out of chaos. Mm. All of them are, are made out of conflict. All of them are, are like warring, you know, gods that are, you know, whatever, something happens on accident. And in Genesis one, it's a good and powerful and, and, and glorious creator who made everything with intention mm-hmm. and with purpose. It's just, it's just amazing. Yes. And yeah, it's like 
the organizing idea that a place for everything and everything in its place, uh, but this is much more than an office organization plan. This is like, how do everything work together? In fact, it reminds me theologically of Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who are called by God according to his purpose, but this is actually the creation physically working together, the moon, the stars, you know, the idea that yeah. we are 93 million miles from the sun, that happened on day uh, four. I, I did, yeah, day four. It's just, it's amazing, the intricacy, but I love that yeah. idea that it came in pairs, which of course also relates to the pair of Adam and Eve Absolutely. to tend the garden. Absolutely. That's the that's the crowning sort of achievement on on that day six is is God creating uh, humanity, male and female. And so, you know, we're going to get into that in a future one about what it means to bear God's image. But uh, so another th- another element of what we see in Genesis one is not only is this an ordered creation with design and purpose, but it's also dependent on God. And over and over again, you're going to see throughout the whole scriptures how um, God has is sustaining moment by moment his creation. And so it's dependent on him. That's another one. Okay. And then uh, another observation we can make, which is repeated seven times in this opening chapter, is that God calls his creation good. Good. And so what what do we mean by good? Um, one of the, the meanings of that is that it has value and worth. Mm. And God's goodness is displayed in the goodness of his creation. And the goodness of his creation is that it is... It is incredible um, the, that, that God looks upon his creation and says um, he, he, he sees, we see the goodness of God reflected in that beautiful order and design. Uh, and then we see its purity because we see uh, that creation designed to reflect his glory reflects his uh, holiness and his purity in that initial account. It's just mm-hmm. it's just an amazing chapter. Yeah, it's excellent. It's such a wonderful... And, and in fact, I remember one of my earliest students uh, said that uh, he, he came to the Lord. He had saving faith based on Genesis 1.27, that in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. The idea, and at the time, this, this young man was only about 12 or 13, but he had never really fully grasped the concept. He was created in God's image. And that idea, this good God who created everything good before the fall, of course, which is Genesis 3, that allowed him to say, I am that uh, royal, as it were, in God's eyes, that he received him for forgiveness and is following the Lord Jesus Christ to this day. And so I, yeah. I love to hear uh, when when verses, even as ancient as Genesis 1, have saving faith implications for individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one last thing to mention about this chapter that is, uh, that's um, incredible is how much abundance and beauty and diversity there is in the created order. Uh, when the when this chapter refers to all of the animals and the plants and the way that God made the stars, I mean, He could have made a world that was all in the co- shades, like a color uh, gray or a shade of black or like something that had no color at all. And but like we just went through autumn; it's it's yes. October and yeah. going into November, and there are unbelievable uh, array of colors out there in God's good creation that reflect His beauty and His goodness and His glory. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a science fiction show where everyone's dressed in the same colored jumpsuits or everyone's monolithic. We have variety, 
that is virtually infinite. Now, only God is infinite, but he created amazing, the genetic code in each human has the capacity for virtually infinite offspring. And then the look at the insect kingdom, look at the animal kingdom, and all the kinds that we have all over the world. And that's in addition to the plants and all the things. It's, it's amazing the order that we have and the beauty. And I also like that too. We, God didn't have to invent beauty, uh, but he did it for his pleasure and ours, as well as the tastes and the culinary delights and, and overflowing abundance when things are right. Now, of course, we're in a broken, fallen world, but yep. he created it to be fruitful and multiplying and abundant more than we could ask or imagine, which is also a theological concept out of Ephesians 3.20. Absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe the, the best place to kind of bring this home is what are some of the implications of these truths that we see in the opening chapter of the Bible. The fact that that God created out of nothing, that he chose to do it out of his benevolent will, that he made a creation that is ordered and has design and purpose, that it has goodness, that it has all of this abundance and beauty that reflects all of the great glory of God in who he is. How does that affect uh, us? And, and then um, what does that say about about who God is? Yes. Well, and a, a verse that just popped into my mind, believe me, is not my notes. Uh, Romans 8, 6, the mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And the reason I think of that verse right now as you're speaking mm-hmm. is because we need to remember the spirit uh, with whom we are imbued with his breath. God breathed on Adam and he became a living being. Jesus breathed on his disciples after his resurrection and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If we can fix our eyes on Jesus and his design for original creation and we as his new creation, as his disciples, and then we learn to do that even more by doing and doing it in community, that makes us grow in the fullness and the knowledge and the grace of God. Yeah, absolutely. I for me, one of the things about reading this chapter and seeing the account of creation, it's opened my eyes to see oh, just God's glory in all facets of life. Mm-hmm. Like God is not compartmentalized into one part of me or part of my life. Like it's Sunday morning yeah. and uh, that's when that's my God time and the rest of, of my life is sort of lived in this very flat uh uh, sort of almost like a secular frame of mind, like the world is 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 um, doesn't have that same kind of richness. By knowing that 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 God has created things on purpose with with worth and with this beauty and glory, it has opened up the horizon to be um, to seeing all the different areas and places about. Uh, about who God is and his goodness uh, displayed in his creation. It reminds me of that famous quote, by, I believe it was Abraham Kuyper, there's not one square inch in this universe over which Christ does not cry, mine! Yes. Everything is his, and, and that relates a little bit to the stewardship topic, because people think, oh, if I tithe, I'm good enough. Or maybe the average evangelical, I'll give 2%, I'm good enough. Well, how about this? You might give 10%, but really all of your money is God's, and you should have an account for everything you spend, even on pleasures, because taking your wife out to dinner is a good thing. And, and as far as the <laughs> physical universe, yes, running and juggling and archery and hunting are good things. Don't think that's separate from the glory of God, and you should do all for the glory of God, including intentionally growing, as we said in the introductory podcast, to learn how to do things that are beyond uh, just our, our comfort zone, because it's only by the learning and by the stretching ourselves are we going to grow? Yes, I think it's a wonderful point, Paul. Just to say, 
that if with these truths of, of the opening chapter of Genesis, God is really Lord over everything. Lord over creation. He is, yes, and he deserves all the glory and honor in every part of who we are. And so one of the things we're going to talk about for all of our sort of ramblings on Genesis 1 yeah. <laughs> is we are going to go into in the future in these in these episodes and as a church to talk about discipleship as being whole life discipleship. Yes. That it's every area of who we are. That discipleship is wholehearted. It's mm-hmm. about all of your devotion to the Lord and and seeing life through that lens. Um, and so we're just we're gonna we're gonna flesh those things out. And we're gonna talk about them and illustrate them a little bit more as we mm-hmm. go. But I just love how um, how Genesis opens up to describe uh, the creation and what it reveals about the uniqueness of God, and then the the unique um, nature of what He has made, mm-hmm. and then that sets a that sets the compass for how we interact. Or how we are, are going to walk through the rest of the story of Scripture. Yes. Um, it really sets the foundation. So that's wonderful. Well, we have a guest with us, Meg Cravens. Thanks for being here. Yep. Um, we've been talking about creation being uh, made uh, with God's design, with his goodness, with abundance and beauty. And especially when we talk about creation being good, it's one of God's attributes. Yeah. It, it reflects... Um, who God is. How have you seen that in your own life, coming to understand God's attributes better and coming closer in relationship with him? Yeah. Yeah. So recently, um, probably a couple months ago, a few months ago now, I was praying and I wanted God or I asked God to show me more of how he's powerful and more of how he's loving. And, you know, he's so many things. And I know he is those things, but how can I experience them personally? How can I know them more fully in my own mind? Mm -hmm. And I'm, God is a God who teaches us through doing. And so, so many things that he teaches us, he teaches us through hands-on. And so I love that our church has that um, learning by doing as a real focus. But I was praying about that. And um, maybe a couple weeks later, Paul and I were, uh, it was about 8.45, we're getting ready for bed. And I look out the window and there's this massive, cloud bank out our balcony and we have a great great big view to the east we live in the country so you can see for miles and miles yeah and this cloud bank was just filled with lightning there was lightning strike after lightning strike just cloud to cloud and it was just incredible and i kept looking at it and it kept going yeah and each second there was multiple strikes of lightning per second and this went on for a minute and then five minutes, and then 10 yeah. minutes. And so we went outside overhead where we were. It was clear sky. You could see the stars. Yeah. But then off to the east, you could see this massive, massive cloud bank that must have been miles long with continuous lightning. And we just stood and watched it in awe for wow. at least a half an hour. And it was beautiful. And the sheer power of it and the creativity, because no two lightning strikes are the same. Yeah. And I... We were glad that we weren't underneath where it was because it was probably raining pretty hard. <laughs> but um, the creativity that God made lightning, that he sustains our world, that he is behind that, it showed me more of who he is, how he's so powerful. Yes. And there's places in the Bible that talk about like thunder and lightning around his throne. Yes. And so to mm-hmm. have that in your head as you're watching this lightning going, 
oh man, I would I would have fallen on my face like so many people in the Bible did when they had these visions. Yes, exactly. It, it was awe-inspiring. And I that was his answer to me to remind me, to show me how he's so powerful. And that was shown through his creation. Yeah. And so, okay, I kept praying. I want to, you know, I want to see more of your power and your love. And yeah. I was thankful for that. So then a little more time passed and Paul and I went on a camping trip up north. Okay. We went to Lake Bronson State Park, which is almost in Canada. It was a pretty far drive. <laughs> so we were in the middle of nothing, but we got to do some great hiking at this park while we were there. And we're on this river and there's no one around us for miles. Um, part of the park was closed. So we're doing this hiking. It's a beautiful sunny day, it's middle of the afternoon. And we're hiking along this river and I we see something in the water. Yep. And we're like, oh, what's that? Okay, maybe it's a rock. Maybe it's not. And they'd warn us about bear or something. Well, I don't want it to be a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't see any bears. Yep. Um, but we stopped and we're looking at it and we're on this bank up above the river and we see stuff moving in the water. Okay, it's not just rocks. And so we're waiting and they come up on the bank and it's it's multiple otters. Now, wow. if you know me, my favorite animal is the otter. They're <laughs> they're just awesome. Um, that's that's been my thing for years. But I've never seen them in the wild before. Okay. Um, wow. I I have always thought it'd be cool. I just I never thought it would happen. And so we're seeing them on the on the bank. They're you know running and tumbling around in the sunshine, as yeah. you would imagine otters would do. And then they finally <laughs> see us, and so they all jump in the water. And then we see these five heads with beady eyes, kind of. Yep. Looking not very happy with us, and we yep. felt kind of guilty and kept going on our hike. But um, mm. it was awesome to see them. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't have meant the same thing to someone else, but that was God telling me, He cares for me. He yes. sees me. Even with silly things that aren't, you know, life altering, maybe, yes. He sees us. He cares for us. He knows what we care about. Yeah. And he reminded me that he loved me through that. And so these were just two recent examples, but there's so many parts of creation where he shows us little bits and pieces of who he is. Yep. We don't see him directly through it, but his fingerprints are on it. So yes. he That's is so cool. the God who made otters and in all their fun yep. and the joy that they kind of are. Yep. And the God who made lightning and the power and awesome. Yeah creation that that shows yep he's the same god and yeah. there are so many other parts of creation that also show who he is so i i love that even though the world has fallen we can still learn about him his creation is still good yep. and it helps us um in a really tangible and visible way yes absolutely and to tie that into like our understanding of scripture um something that's so important for us and we talked about one of our core values being biblically founded the words of scripture and the revealed special revelation of God's word gets uh, sort of corroborated, if you will, or like confirmed in how we see God's goodness and glory and beauty and creation. Um, yeah. We're, we've talked about Psalm 19 as a, as a, as a picture of this and you yep. were sharing with me earlier. What, what were you sharing about that? Yeah. So the beginning of Psalm 19, the first couple of verses says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It's universal. He he gives 
tangible, things you can taste, touch, see, hear, feel through all of our senses, through creation, it's just by existing, it's glorifying God. Yes. It's amazing. And that psalm is so beautiful because it describes how creation declares God's glory. And then it, the middle of the psalm itself transitions into God's particular revelation through scripture, that the law of the Lord is perfect and it refreshes our soul, mm-hmm. that the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy and they make us wise, that his precepts give us joy, that his commands are light to our eyes, that the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever, that the decrees are firm, that all of them are righteous. It's like the the, the spoken or written word of God and his uh, his spoken word to bring everything into being out of nothing. Let there right. be. Right. All of it works in concert. Yes. As God's particular revelation is like affirmed in and shown it's like the richness and beauty of who God is in his creation. It's right. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for listening to our second podcast of Deepening Roots and Growing Branches of New Life Evangelical Free Church. This was the the first of the normal length, around 20 to 30 minutes, and each episode will feature a new topic all toward deepening our vision for the ministry campaign of New Life. What is God doing in this church, in this area of the world at this time in history? We are excited to walk this journey with you, and we look forward to the next time we get to talk with you about Roots and Branches. I'm Paul Underberg with Brent Compelin. Thank you very much.